This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Emor, Lagbo, Imer, Tov, Shin, Pe'alef, as we join together for a few minutes to spend some time learning some Torah, involving ourselves in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's beautiful, beautiful Pasha, and maybe a little bit about Lag Boim as you prepare for this beautiful Shabbos Habo Leinu Letoiva that please God is approaching very, very quickly. Let's start right away with a beautiful concept. Rav Yosef Doiv Soloveitchik, known as the, the Beis HaLevi, the Shiva of Elohim and the Rav of, of Brisk in, in Lita, so not only was he a tremendous going in, in Torah, he was very, very active member of the, of the community. He was very, very involved in the movement called Chayvivetzion and, and encouraged many people to actually go live in, in Eretz, Eretz Yisrael. He was an incredibly, incredibly sharp mind that knew how to stand up for, for his community for, for the Yidden against all sorts of those who would try to, try to combat, combat them. One time, there was a visitor in, in the base Levi's house whose name was Reb, Yosef Reisenthal, who was a Tamil Chokham, who unfortunately had uh, kind of gravitated towards the Haskalah, towards the very progressive movement of Judaism. And he often liked to debate the, the rabbis of his generation. And at this occasion, the, the guest asked the, the, the Beis Halevi and says, yeah, with obviously with great, with all due respect, says you and your felt, your colleagues, the other, the other rabbis, you know, you like so much to add all kinds of chumrat, all kinds of extra things, all kinds of fences, and, and decrees and additional uh, and, and, and new kinds of forbidden activities whenever you, whenever you feel like it. What license do you have to do that? The Torah clearly says, You're not allowed to add on to the mitzvot. You're not allowed to add on. Why are you adding on all these extra Gezeros and, 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 and siyogim and, and prevented offenses and making more things forbidden. So the Beis Levi answer says, first of all, we have an explicit verse in the Pasuk that supports us. It says at the, uh, and, and that is in fact supported all the Rabbanim throughout all the generations. At the very end of Pashas Acharemais, it says, Ushmartem is Mishmarti. You shall guard that which needs guarding. And Chazal in, in Yavomis say about this, Asu Mishmeres Lemishmarti, which means make fences, make protective measures that will enhance the ability of the Jews to keep the Torah and stay far away from any kind of uh, an Avera. Now, the Torah then actually goes and repeats the same warning in this, in this week's Pasha, in Pasha's Embar. It says, Vishamru es nishmati, they shall guard that which needs protecting, the lo and they shouldn't come to do any, any Averas. So this repetition, the Torah is coming to, 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 uh, to support the Chachamim of Israel that the responsibility is upon them to, to set up these different, different laws and they don't have to worry that they might be violating the, 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 the concept of, of Loisa Sifu. And, and the going added, so what is this compared to, you know, a, a person is ill and the doctor comes and examines him and he writes a script and the script says take this exact amount of, 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 uh, of medicine at this exact time of, of day. And have lots of hot, hot fluids. Now, obviously, the medicine you have to take exactly as what the ter- as as what the doctor ordered. Otherwise, you uh, you know, you're going to overdose or, or or not get the full effect. But the hot drinks, how much do you have to have? I mean, that's up to the person. 
says the Chachamah like the hot drink. We we do what we we need to do what we feel is appropriate to strengthen and enhance the the keeping of of the Torah. Beautiful idea about the Koyach of Achazal, the Koyach of of Arabonim to to make it as easy as possible to us to be able to keep the Torah. But sometimes that to create that facile situation requires a little bit of a of a building of a fence to protect us from coming to do something that perhaps we shouldn't be doing. We'll be back in a moment. This is 101.9. and the program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. We're just beginning to warm up. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, back on your radio here on Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Parshish Emor, which is, as we know, today is Lag Boimer in the year 5781. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, to be part of our, our Erev Shabbos discussions as we go through some of, some of the important ideas related to this week's Parsha and, of course, to the and we're going to do some Hilchas Shabbos. We've started again the entire process of, of Hilchas Shabbos, which we'll do a little bit later in the broadcast. The Torah tells us at the very beginning of the Pasha regarding the laws of the Kayanim, that a Kayan shall not defile himself for the dead amongst, amongst his peoples. In other words, no Kayan is allowed to defile himself, to become ritually impure tame for a dead person who is not one of his seven close relatives. Seven relatives are parents, siblings, children, God forbid, and, and a spouse. Right? Uh, and, and the Torah lists it. Now, the Svarna explains the reason why a Kayin is not allowed to become tame to a corpse, and he says as follows, the Kayin is a, a chief, a leader amongst his people, whose function is to learn and to teach, as the Novi Malachi says, Ki yishmudas, for the Kayin's lips shall preserve knowledge, and they shall seek Torah from his mouth. So he says, it's thus, Proper that such an individual conduct himself as as a prince, so that his words will be listened to, and therefore it's improper for him to, so to speak, profane his readiness towards that service of the of the mikdash of, of the sanctuary for the purpose of honoring the dead for his own close. Relatives, however, the Torah permits the Kayin to become Tame for their honor is also his honor. The Kayin must uphold the dignity due to his station of leadership and occupy himself with a, a corpse would somehow impede his ability to, to do so. In other words, the Kayin's relationship to the people as a, as a teacher, as a, as a mentor, as a halachic arbiter is in, 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 in total contrast with the accepted notion that in order for a Rebbe to succeed in imparting knowledge to his students, he has to feel and manifest love for them. To that degree that they know that the Rebbe loves them and cares for them, so then his teaching will be, will be effective. A student who feels that his Rebbe doesn't really care for him is usually not one of the better students in the class. Why then did the, why then did the Torah forbid the Kayin? who is Kaisal's sort of spiritual mentor from becoming Tame to a dead person. On the contrary, seemingly, by by defiling himself, so surely he demonstrates his closeness to the people, his abiding love for each and every Jew, regardless 
of, of, of his circumstances. Clearly, his involvement in preparing the deceased is not his most appealing function, but surely it shows that he cares. And as a spiritual mentor, this should be one of his requisite credentials. Why, in fact, is it prohibited? If, if, if kirva, if closeness is the most important thing and the, and the greatest way to influence a person, then why is this kain not allowed to become tame if someone close to him uh, uh, passes away? So, learns from here that while it's certainly critical that the nation sense that the Kayan cares for and loves them, it's equally important that they recognize and acknowledge his eminence and his distinction. While allowing himself to become Tame to the dead demonstrates his love for the people, but a vestige of his dignity is is impugned, and and the kind of they're going to look at him through a different lens. Apparently, the sense of covet, honor that is added to the kayin, is greater in the long run than the sense of love, although perhaps with less dignity, that ensues as a result of making himself tame to the to the to the deceased. Now some teachers, some mentors feel that descending to the level of the student is crucial for success in reaching the student. This is probably true for some students, but not necessarily true for others, as indicated by these laws, by the laws of, of Tuma regarding Kainim. A, a spiritual mentor, a Rebbe, needs to project and communicate his sincerely felt, almost, almost a, a, a reverential respect for the subject that he is teaching, which is, of course, Torah. He must believe in its indispensable value to the student. A belief that, how does he convey that? How does he give that over? The, his continued enthusiasm for, for the material and the respect that he shows to its significance in his own life. When teaching Torah, the Rebbe should promote an environment of dignity, of respect, of reverence, as befits the, 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 the nature of the subject matter that's being taught, which is, of course, the Torah. Anything that detracts from this aura of, of dignity limits the student's ability to learn and benefit the, the life-altering lessons that the Torah has to teach us. Chazal teach that it is a great mitzvah to be involved with the necessities of Kavura, with the burial of a dead. It's called Chev, it's called Chesed Shel Emes. It's, it's, it's the only real true Chesed because there's no way you're doing it for any kind of a, and, and, any, any kind of a, a payback, any kind of a, a, a self, self, uh, prize. The Chevra Kadisha, it's, it's called just that. They're Kadisha, they're sacred due to the sanctity of the nature of, of the work. Which those misaskim, those dedicated volunteers who literally are Isaac involved with the needs of, of the, of the deceased and, and the family. That what they do, it, it, it bestows the greatest honor on, on the mace. Right? Rav Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld was the head of the Chever Kadisha in the old Yishuv and its Rav, right? In contemporary times. So Rav David Feinstein Zatzal, right, uh, uh, filled in at a at a at a bakery on Purim, so that its owner could properly mourn his father. Clearly, the covet of these and so many other gedolim was not diminished as a result of their devotion to to the cloud. We might say that while this is true, the kain 
in his role as spiritual mentor is still distinct from other mentors. The Torah writes, uh, and, and don't profane the name of their God. And, and again, the Sfon writes, although all those acts are for his, are for the Koyin's honor, he doesn't have permission to forgo Hashem's honor. For indeed, the intent of the Torah in honoring the Koyinim is for the purpose of enhancing the honor of HaKadosh Baruch the Torah makes an exception to, or for the burial of, a Kain's relative. Because their honor is also HaKadosh Baruch Hu's honor. One might think that all restrictions, all restrictive acts of mourning are, are waived. But the Torah, says, uh, the Torah teaches that they're not. So therefore, by, by foregoing their own honor, they thereby profane HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name. In other words... The Kayin's responsibility extends beyond the students that he's having a, a, a hashbahan. He is responsible to Hashem to uphold Hashem's honor and anything which might in any way impugn that honor is prohibited. We'll be back in a moment. This is 101.9 FM. The program is soul to soul and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on the radio, Erev Shabbos, Kedesh, Parshas, Emor, as we get together on what today is Lag Bo'imer, a very special day in the Jewish, in the Jewish calendar, and certainly something we should spend a little bit of time about. We did speak a bit about the Parsha before, but let's speak about the main hero. Of Lagbaim, one of the reasons we celebrate Lagbaim is because today is the yard site of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. So let's talk a little bit about Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. At least one one aspect of his greatness that might give us a little bit of insight sight into the the specter of this of this day. So there's a famous medrash that's brought in the Shmuel Rabba. It once happened there was a certain Talmud of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. Who, uh, he went, he left Eretzshah, went to Chutzlaritz, and came back, and came back very wealthy. And all the other Talmudim saw him, and they were a little bit jealous of him. And they also wanted to go to, to Chutzlaritz. So, uh, 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 Shimon knew what they were thinking. So he took them all to a valley, which was right near uh, Maron, and he davened, and he said as follows: he "said Bika Bika Valley Valley, fill yourselves up with dinarum of of gold." And uh, uh, you know, it began to rain, began to rain uh, 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 golden coins in front of them. So he said to him, "If you want gold, here's all the gold that you could possibly want. Take what you want." But you should know, whatever you take now, is you're taking your portion of of Olam Haba. Because there's no uh, reward for Torah only in Olam Haba. So if you take the gold, you're substituting that for your schar in Olam Haba. Now, from this medrash, we could, we could uh, actually uh, learn out that Rav Shimon took the Talmidim, it says, to one valley which is right past, right near Meron, to teach us that Meron is a place that is, it's Mesugal, it, 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 it breeds people that want to become wealthy. And that's because the Yushalmi, the Yushalmi in, in, in Shkol and Perak Aleph says, Amrav Meir, that Hakadosh uh, Baruch Hu took a a kilo. This is called Mabeashal Eish, a coin, a fiery coin. Hakadosh Baruch Hu took from under the kisya covered, and he showed it to Moshe, 
and he said to him, Zayid knew, and he would want to demonstrate to him about the giving of the makats and sashek, the half shekel that every Jew would give. He said, Zayid knew, like this. In other words, that's, it says that's underneath the kisya covers, there are many different kinds of coins. And the kayak of Meron and the kayak of Rav Shum ben Yochai is to raise a Jew to this level of literally being under the throne of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and, and therefore he'll be zayichet to, to a tremendous, tremendous outpouring of, of an amazing amount of, of, of Parnassa. Now let's try explain, perhaps explain what Rav Shumayachai was saying to his Talmidim, but let's, as an introduction, let's bring a beautiful, what Arachayim, what Arachayim Kanish says in last week's Pasha, in Pasha's Kedosh and Perikites, he says as follows. He says, there's another hint over here, Chazal say that those who are B'nai Torah, so they don't get Parnosa in this world. Don't, don't think it's something unusual. There are people who are Tamil Chacham, people who are, are steeped in Torah, don't have a lot of wealth in this world. As, as it's brought, he brings, he quotes the Medrash in Mishlei, that the Torah says, how come my sons, those who love me, are, are poor people. And the reason is, she says, Shamati Tam I heard a reason uh, in the name of the Arizal, because this world could not bear the amount of, of goodness that is really on tap for Tzadikim. There's no coinage in this world, no wealth in this world that could possibly give them what they need as reward for their endeavors in Torah. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives the wealth to other people. And through that, hopefully, the other people will then use their money to support the B'nai Torah. So that they're not getting their reward in this world. They're hopefully getting looked after. But the reward is Fahimabas teaches us that the, the the point of wealthy people is as a tap that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has set up to provide for the needs of the of the tzaddikim. And Hashem commanded that uh, you know, don't don't trick don't try to take the money for 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 yourself. It says the mana chayvurayoi that you have to you have to uh you have to uh, 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 consider them your brothers, your friends, and don't give them the line, well, you know, why don't you go get a job? No, no. Your job, Mr. Usher, is to look after, is to look after the tzaddik. And based on on the words of the Arachayim HaKadosh, so in the uh, in, in the Sivan Tzvasecha, in Perik Beis of Ovis, he explains the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, let your friend's money be as precious to you as yours. In other words, that you have to know to, 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 to enjoy and, and, and rejoice that if someone else receives wealth, receives money, it's a tremendous simcha for, for, for us. And, and even if the money he gets is your money, and don't be jealous of him, because this money really is for you. And it's for to look after you. And he adds on even more that therefore the tzaddik, when he sees uh, 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 other people who Baruch Shem have wealth and, and, and are doing very nicely, he's incredibly, he's incredibly uh, happy. Because he, he, he knows that that money is really intended to look after him. So, therefore, we can now come back in and understand this, this Medrash. When Hashimin saw his, uh, his, uh, Tamirim being jealous of their colleague, this wealthy colleague who had gone overseas and come back, and each one looked, whoa, me, look at me, I have nothing, I'm, I'm, I'm a poor person, this guy's so rich, it's not fair. He understood that, uh, uh, that, that, that this wealthy person, had no intention 
of using his money to support his colleagues, the other poor Tamil Chachamim. Because if he really was a middleman, if this friend who became wealthy was simply intended as a conduit for, for the money to, to, uh, to them, and he was, he was just a pipe to, to, to bring down the money to, to them, so they, they should have been happy that he was successful. His success meant that they would have more money. And not only that, but, uh, but, uh, why didn't they understand that they were tzaddikim and this uh, wealthy friend was intended as their, as their, as their agent, as their conduit. And therefore he had to take his talmidim out to the, to the valley and he filled it up with, with money. He says, if you want, if instead of you being Tamil Chachamim, instead of being people that may receive some money, some shefa from those who have, I can make you into the middleman. I can make you into that person who will have money and then have the responsibility and obligation and right of providing it for the other, or for the other tzaddikim. And then you'll have both. And then, uh, you'll, you'll get, uh, you'll get, uh, reward, but it's less reward. The reward for looking after Tamil is, is not as great as the reward as those who are actually sitting and learning, learning Torah themselves. We can even perhaps go a bit further. The Zaya says, in order to really understand how great this is that a person should learn Torah without desiring a, a mammon, and that's only that's only way way we really really uh, 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 reach the level of of wanting to to learn Torah. The the, the Zayar Kaddish tells a uh, a story that says uh, Rav Abba. So when he used to when when, when he came from Babel to Eretz to Eretzel to Babel. He used to announce, who, who wants to be, who wants to become wealthy? And who wants a long life in, in Olam Habo? Right? So, lots of, uh, so, so, so if you want that, you want long life in Olam Habo, so then come and, and, and learn, and learn, uh, and learn Torah. So, there was, uh, he had, he had someone in, uh, in his, uh, 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 neighborhood who would, who would come, uh, come constantly, come and come to his house. And he said to him, Rabbi, I want to learn Torah so that I should have wealth and I should have, uh, 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 So he said to him, not, you'll certainly You'll certainly get it. So he says, what's your name? He says, my name is Yoisi. So he said to his, uh, Abba said to his Talmidim, fact that they call him Yossi, so he's going to be called Rabbi Yossi, the wealthy one. Rabbi Yossi, he's, he's going to get, he's going to get wealth. So he, he sat down and, uh, and, and he was learning uh, learning Torah, and a while later, he came back to Rabbi Abba, and he asked him, "New, where's the where's the the wealth that you that you promised him?" So Rabbi Abba said, uh, "I can see from this that he wasn't learning at all the Shem Shemayim. He was just learning for 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 wealth. He went into his room in order to to daven." That, uh, that Talmud says, uh, that Talmud should, should die because he was learning Torah, Sheloi Lishma, for a totally, uh, non-altruistic purpose, just for the, just for the money. So, he heard, I was davening, he heard a voice that was saying, don't, don't punish him. Because this person, this Yossi, is gonna become a great, a great, uh, great person. So he went back to him, and he said to him, "Fine, learn, carry on learning, and I will give you, I will give you a, a, a wealth." So what happened next, Isaiah? In the meantime, one person came in, and uh, 
he had in his house a beautiful, beautiful, uh, uh, a crystal glass in, in, in his hand. And when he took it out of its, out of its wrapping, the whole room was filled up with light that reflected and created light in the whole room. So this person turned to Rav Abba and said to him, he says, uh, Rebbe, I want to, I want to have a schus in Torah, but I never ever had the schus to, to, to learn, to learn, uh, 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 before. It says, and, and, uh, I'd like to really make an effort in, 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 in Torah because I have lots and lots of, of wealth. My father was very wealthy and he gave me lots of, of wealth and I would give money to someone who's prepared to learn Torah in my zuchus. So, Rav Abba turned to that other uh, person and he says, oh, if you sit down and learn Torah L'Shem Shamayim, this person will then give you wealth. And he gave him that beautiful, beautiful uh, 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 crystal, crystal cup. So, one day, Sir Rav Yossi, Stalin was sitting and, and, uh, and crying. So, Rav, Rav, his, his, uh, his Rebbe found him crying, and he asked him, why are you, why are you crying? So he said to him, I don't want any more, I don't want any more of this deal. I don't want to, to give up any more the schus of, of learning Torah, just so I can get so I can get wealthy. So Rabbi Abba, said to him, now I can hear that you're actually learning L'shem, L'shem Shemayim. So he called that, back that person who gave him the, the beautiful crystal cup. And he said, he said to him, here, take, take your, your, your wealth back. Go, go give your wealth to support widows and orphans and I will give you a portion in all of my terraces. So Rav, Rav Yossi gave him back that uh, incredible uh, 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 crystal, crystal glass and from that day on uh, uh, he, that, from, from, from that time from that day on he actually Retained this name, Ben Pazi, from the, from the crystal glass, and he became Rav Yesi Ben Pazi, one of the, one of the Tanoim in the Gemara. That's, that's the story that's brought in the, in the, in the Zara. So we see that when Rav Yesi Ben Pazi went, so he, wa- he thought he wanted to learn Torah, but he really didn't want it. He wanted wealth, and only later on, when he got to the point of learning Torah only for its own sake, and that, and that, uh, and that, uh, he just wanted the connection to Torah, then that was when he truly, he truly, uh, uh made it. And, and in, in deference, there's the Talmidim of Rabbi Shimon by Yochai, uh, uh, when they wanted to go to, to Chutzlaret in order to make money, so they showed that they were lacking this, this level of, of desire for Torah, Torah, Alishma. Uh, now, I tell a story about 50 years ago. So there was a for Yeshivas Panovich. And they walked with the Sefer Torah and they reached the, the, the hall of the, of the Yeshiva and all the Bochum went out to meet the Sefer Torah and there was this big circle uh, around it and obviously the, the head of the circle was, uh, was the Mashkiach of Cheska Levenstein. And everyone began singing the Pasuk in Tehillim. Toivli Torah's picho Right? Your Torah is greater than thousands of gold and silver. And Rabbi Cheskel wasn't singing that, that, uh, that song, that song. And in fact, people heard him murmuring, Shakranim. He's a, they're liars. So no one quite understood what, 
what he was saying. So one of the Talmudim went to ask what, what, what he meant. So Rabbi Cheskel answered, all the Balkam are singing, oh, Torah is even greater than a thousand of gold and silver. However, I know that many of these very, very same Balkam, if someone would offer them a, uh, a job where they could make, I don't know, a hundred shekel an hour, they would straight away leave the yeshiva and go, go to work. So how can they, how can they lie and say that Torah is even more valuable than, than money? So one of the Avrechim, Baruch Pines, who was actually the son-in-law of Avdabu Pavaski, went over to him and said to him, says, I'm I'm not arguing with you, but I want to explain to the Rav what David Melch meant when he said, It's true what the Mashkiach is, is saying. That if someone would come to any Bokhar and tell him, right, maybe you are, uh, 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 if you prepare to, to, I don't know, schlep this, this bundle, I'll give you a hundred shekel. So he'd go and help, right? Uh, and take the uh, shekel, but what would he, he says, we said to the Mashkia, what if a, if a Bokha is sitting and learning and he's learning from eight in the morning until, I don't know, seven at night and he's learning with excitement and someone would come to him after the Seder, and say to him, listen to me. I saw your learning was such, was such a, 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 a I'm prepared to give you 5,000 shekel for every hour that you learn. You'll get 1,000 shekel and you'll give me all the schus of your Torah. I, I need schus. I need these schus. Are you prepared to sell it to me? Said the Shabaro Pans the Mashgiach, I'm telling you, no one is prepared to sell his chus. Why? Because because at the end of the day, the Torah I learned is more is more powerful than any amount of money. Avchesko was very happy with that answer, and he he started to dance, and he says he's correct, and now and now I can I can begin to sing to sing this song also. And, and the, the, the understanding is that before we learn, so then a Jew doesn't yet understand what it means to, to desire Torah. And therefore, yeah, I would, I would go work instead of, I would sell my learning before I, 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 I achieve it for money. But once I've already gotten into it and I've learned and he's already felt what it is to, to desire and to have this incredible pleasure of Torah, he would not be mavatar on that for any of the wealth in the world. That's the lesson of Rav Shemar Yechai. And that really is what Lag Ba'im is about. We have to learn Torah Lishma. Torah for its own sake. Torah for nothing else but to know HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will and to come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 11.9 Chai FM Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, on Friday afternoon, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Pashas, Emor, which is today the celebration of Lagba Emor, the 33rd day of the Yomer, means we're two-thirds of the way towards Chag HaShavuos, and this is, of course, the Soul to Soul program. Thank you so much for joining us, as we always do at this time in the broadcast, to give you the important times you need for this coming Shabbos. So this afternoon, not very long from now, the earliest time for lighting your Shabbos candles will be at half past four. Half past four, you can already start the Shabbos at a tall order to be ready by then. But as we're learning, it's a good idea to get ready early and, and begin the Shabbos as soon as one can. It's beautiful to usher in a few extra minutes of the Shabbos. It just brings you into a whole different existence, to a whole sublime different kind of world, a way of thinking, a way of a way of behaving. It just kind of gives you a chance to mellow down and, and, and transform into into the into the Shabbos. So four thirty is the earliest time, the latest time for lip benching for lighting candles this week is twenty minutes. Past five, twenty past five 
is the latest time for lighting candles. Shkia then, it will be at, at 5.38. It's 22 minutes before 6, 6 o'clock. And that's absolutely injury time when it has to accept Shabbos before that, that time. If you want to be, uh, 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 davening Mairev Bismano, you not have to repeat the, the Krishna. So already at uh, about four minutes to six, five fifty six, it's already night, proper night, and you can daven Krishna and not have to repeat and then sit down and enjoy a beautiful, long, Lel Shabbos evening full of good food and, and, and good company and, and some divretera and, and make it a significant, significant evening. Tomorrow is Bez Hashem Shabbos Kredish Pashas Emar. Emar is such a, a, a incredibly important Pasha with all the laws that apply to Kayanim uh, at the beginning and then all the Yom and Tevim, all the halachas of the Yom and Tevim, uh, come later and at the end some significant Pashas of Lechem Aponim. And uh, this person that that went and and was Makalel Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and the the Haftara uh, is also dealing with the laws of Kainim from the Navi Yecheskel Hakainim Alvayim Bnei Tzadik. Perkeiavis this week is Perek uh, Dalit, fourth Perek of Perkeiavis. Have a chance to learn it in the afternoon, although your afternoons are getting shorter, Shabbos Kodesh ends this week at 10 minutes past 6, 6.10 is already, <coughs> is already, uh, the time for, for Shabbos being, being over. As I said, we move into the last couple of weeks of Svirus Omer leading up to Shavuos, Shavuos, please God, will be in two weeks from Sunday night, the 50th day of, of the Omer. There's the Shem as it's, as we look forward to, to, uh, to, to that. We know it's a special mitzvah to gladden and enjoy the Shabbos, both by means of having good food. In the physical world, food is something that we can use to put ourselves in a good frame of mind and, and to, and to raise our level and and uh, all kinds of special, special uh, uh, cooked, cooked foods, nice foods, and 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 drinks, etc., which are, are, are good tasting, good and good smelling. Obviously, always dependent on what a person's financial situation is. And I'll tell us that the more one spends on on buying things for for Shabbos and for preparing. Very, very, uh, uh, numerous and good kind of foods. So, Aleizem Meshubach, the Ramam says, such a person is, is, uh, is praiseworthy. And that's based on the Pasuk in Yeshai that says, the Karosala Shabbos Einig. You shall call Shabbos a, a delight. And Gemara says in, in, in Shabbos that anyone who, who, who properly enjoys the Shabbos and we're talking about enjoying the Shabbos for its own sake. Uh, 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 says he, he merits all kinds of great, great things. Uh, one thing says, the Gemara says he gets a inheritance. Without borders, an un- unbelievable, kind of a unlimited in inheritance. And in Shemayim they fulfill. Whatever it is that he wants, whatever it is that he asks for, Hashem will, will grant it. And he's saved from the birth pangs of Mashiach, from all the arduous times that are going to come just before the, the coming of Mashiach and from the final war, the war of Gog and Magog, the war that will precede the coming of, of Mashiach. And he'll also be saved from any of the trials and tribulations and suffering that uh, are, are meted out to a person who ends up having to go to 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 Gehenna, and not only that, it's brought that he's he's also merits to get uh, to get wealth. Why? Because this is all because that what determines our length of life, what determines the amount of bracha that Hashem showers down on us, that is completely dependent on on the, the connection that exists 
between our physical world and the world of of, of Ruchnis. If a, a person who is alive and vibrant is a person that his neshama is is in the is in inside the the goof, but the 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 neshama has such a strong influence that even the body desires those kind of things that the neshama, that make the neshama happy. Right? Uh, uh, when when chasam uh, person is not alive, so then the neshama is separated from from the goof. In other words. A person could be physically alive, but when the desires of the neshama are completely different than the desires of the guf, where the body just wants physical pleasure and physical happiness, then basically you're dead because the body and the and the soul are not working in 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 constants. When the physical world is connected to the worlds above it, so then such a person uh, 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 lives a long and vibrant life and. He is completely and, and, and totally blessed by, by Akadosh Baruch from his very, very, from his very, very, uh, 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 roots. But, Hashem, in a, in a, uh, and when a person is so distant from the source of his neshama, where, as I say, his neshama and his body want completely different things and, and, uh, Emuna and and the needs of his neshama are not priorities in his life. Then his life is 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 diminished, and he unfortunately he's uh, living a life of of curse, a life a life of of disconnect between the neshama and the and the, and the physical. And then that that doesn't bring bracha into his into his uh, his life. The the special concept of Shabbos. That is that Shabbos has this extra dimension of Kedusha that is revealed through the Neshama and through the Guf together. Right? By, by learning Torah, by, by dominating, and also by sitting and enjoying the meals of, of, uh, of Shabbos. Through that, that creates this tremendous unity between the Ruchnis and, and the Gashmis, between the Neshama and the and, and and the body, and life becomes more enhanced, and and the bracha of Hakadosh Baruch Hu comes pouring pouring down into the into the uh, into the world. Therefore, Chazal say, someone who properly enjoys Shabbos gets all these tremendous brachas and is saved from all types of uh, to all types of uh, suffering. Uh, 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 and 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 uh, is able to truly enjoy life as as it's meant. Person obviously has to said invest in buying foods for Shabbos according to his financial uh, 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 ability. Obviously, not to push himself uh, beyond his means, and also based on what he normally has during during the uh, the week. In other words. Uh, you don't need to, to, to buy for Shabbos the most uh, expensive foods that you can find in the shops, but to buy things that are nicer than the food that he usually eats during, during the week. And obviously every single family according to what their, what their norm, what their norm is, uh, is, is, uh, is, um, maybe an equation one should maybe spend up to, let's say double, of what one would, one would spend for food during the, uh, during the, the, the weekday. We'll be back with our last segment in a moment. This is 11.9 FM, Soul to Soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio for the last few minutes. On this Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Parshas, and more, we're talking about buying food for Shabbos. So obviously people who are in a, in a situation where the finances are quite, quite constricted, and they don't have the ability to buy fancy food for Shabbos, so then they should actually cut back on spending during the week, so that at least they could buy something special, the says small fish at least, for the honor of, of Shabbos. 
if a person wastes money on on luxuries, and then when it comes to spending money for a mitzvah, then, oh, now I can't, now this is too expensive, I can't afford to pay for matzahs, I can't afford to pay for my kids' Torah education. That is already not appropriate. And and the, the Gemara says that it's, it's, it's right for a person to, to, uh, 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 cut out luxuries from his life and to spend extra money to do mitzvahs. The Gemara says that the panos of a person we know is set on one Rosh Hashanah until next Rosh Hashanah. And he has to be careful not to waste money because then you're not going to have enough to go through the year and you'll be left without anything. The exception is what you spend for Shabbos and, and Yontif and Jewish education. That does not come off the cheshbon. Whatever you, whatever you spend, if you spend less, then that comes off your budget. And if you spend more, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu adds on to your, to your budget for the, for the year. Someone doesn't have sort of cash to buy food for Shabbos. He's allowed to borrow Money in order to have honor of a Shabbos. And don't worry that maybe you won't be able to, uh, uh, repay the loan. Cause Hashem says to Kleisel, Bonai, love all I, borrow on the house. Right? And, and, uh, and enjoy Kedusha's, uh, of Shabbos. And believe me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay. And obviously that's, that's conditional that you're not relying on, on, on miracles, right? Obviously you have some plan in your life, how you intend to, to pay back. It may happen that something else happens, like you're not able to, but you have to have, <clears throat> it's, it's forbidden to borrow money without any idea of how you're going to pay it back. If a person really feels that he has absolutely no way of being able to pay back a loan, then you should not borrow money and rather just have a very, very, very limited kind of Shabbos, even if you have one little thing that you don't have during during the uh, the, the the week. If a person unfortunately has to accept uh, tzedakah for other areas of his life, then he would even be allowed to to accept tzedakah in order to honor honor the Shabbos. That's about all the time we have for the show this week. Just another few seconds to thank you all for joining us. Thank you for being part of our radio family. It's so appreciated that you turn your radio or whatever device you're on to, to listen to, to our, our Torah broadcasts, which are Baruch Hashem quite prevalent on this station throughout the week, certainly between this one to three time slot every Every day and many, many other shurim available just to wish you the uh, uh, enjoyable rest of Lag Boimer and a beautiful warm, I believe it's going to be a bit cool this week, a, a warm and enriched and uplifting Shabbos Kodesh to all of you, to each and every one of you listening to my voice. I wish you a beautiful